Welcome to the first edition of the Swans Bigfooty Podcast for 2016. My name is Bonds, and joining me tonight we have RW. Present, here. And Chunky Chicken. Hello, hello. It's been a great season so far, personally, in my view. We are second on the ladder. We've had a series of really close losses. One of them, a particularly annoying one, where we were robbed by umpires and not beaten by Hawthorne. I'm getting my anger out about that now. But let's go on to more recent circumstances and dive straight into the match on the weekend. A resounding 67-point win over Port Adelaide. Chunky, can I please get your thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, I thought um, I thought the first half was really solid, really good. Uh, we worked really hard and really shut down Port Adelaide's run um, off half back and through the middle. And obviously Port Adelaide really struggled to score. They didn't even hit the scoreboard until the second quarter. Um, about five, eight minutes in, I think it was, in the second quarter. Uh, first quarter was a real highlight. It's really good to see us hit the scoreboard and be really aggressive in the middle and really tackle hard. Um, it was really good to see players like Towers continue on with his form and becoming more confident throughout, trying to break the lines, um, always trying to play on, that sort of thing. Uh, the former McVeigh is definitely improving. Hanbury, uh, definitely back to, back to his better self where he wasn't Missing targets, he was playing really good on the inside and outside and providing that best part of him without turning the ball over. And to be frank, we haven't really missed any of the uh, Ruckman that we recruited from West Coast, so it's been really good. And RW, your thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, not too much to add to what Chucky said. I mean, the first quarter, I've got to say, um, the the two-way running was probably as good as I've seen it in quite a while. I think it was just a willingness to work hard both ways. I think when, when like, like we talk about the first quarter, we held them scoreless, but even when Port got the ball, they just had no, they just had nowhere to go. I mean, that was partly because they, they were, they didn't really have a clue what to do with it. But I think we were very, we, our setup, I think our setups were really good in terms of preventing them from getting out. And I think that's what, that contributed to the lopsided uh, inside 50 count. And I think just the work rate, I think the pleasing, I think just the highlight of this season in general has just been the work rate across the board. Um, and I think it's almost, I'll say almost getting getting up to what it was in the year we did win the flag. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if we're going to, we can talk about that later, but in terms of individual players, um, one chunky didn't mention is Aaliyah Aaliyah. I think uh, it's been mentioned a couple of times on the board, um, about how he just backs himself when he gets the ball, and we've got it. We've got someone actually who uses it well coming out of defence. Actually, takes the game on. It's uh, which was something that we really missed, and having him having him there has been something that the team's lacked for quite a while. Uh, and there, it raises, I think, with him, I think, because uh, he hasn't played that he hasn't played at that level in Neefall, but he's, he's really made that step up. And uh, I think it's just a credit to him that he's been able to come in and do that job. Um, what else is I going to say about the game? Heaney's ret- probably Heaney's return to form is what, was probably the other thing. I think he he seems to have uh, he seems to be almost back to his best now. I think I think uh, he's had that real X factor. He adds he adds that real X factor to the side. Well, in regards to Heaney, actually, people are saying he's back to his best. I think he's actually playing the best football he's ever played Could, for yeah, us. Um, 
He's yeah. almost in a hybrid. Uh, he's in a really similar role yeah. in the way I'm seeing it to what Ryan yeah. O'Keefe was yeah. for us in the late 2000s. That he's that midfielder, forward type player that can lead up the ground, give a presenting target, and can also help around the clearances. And it's something we haven't had in our team for quite a period of time, which I think's been amazing. In true, yeah. But yeah, no, I think the O'Keefe one is not, is a valid one. I mean. Uh, different, I think different players a bit. I mean, O'Keefe was, I think, in terms of size, I think O'Keefe was a bit bigger then. And then remember, we have to remember he's only 20, which makes his uh, current form even more impressive. Yeah. Well, uh, the O'Keefe. good thing about both um, yeah. Heaney and Ryan O'Keefe, they both, especially um, Heaney, especially compared to O'Keefe, um, he plays larger than he actually is, especially due to his um, yeah. leap and his mark on the ground. Um, for instance, on the weekend, he took four contested marks. The closest player to anyone else on the ground, they had Westhoff yeah. with three, and no one else from the Swans took more than two, and that was only Franklin. Mm. Yeah, he's always had good hands. Yeah, just to just yeah, just, just, just that impact straight away since he since he came in. Yeah. The other player I do want to also um, bring about, he isn't getting a lot of credit on the board, but his last few weeks have been really good for us, and kind of he had a quiet patch in the middle of the year. It's been Lloyd. He's becoming yeah. a really important yeah. player for us. Um, he's giving a lot more outside run. He uses the ball very well by foot back to where he was a few years ago again. And he, I would almost say if we lost Lloyd outside the midfield right now, we lose so much of our class. And he's becoming one of our most important players. Yeah, yeah true. I'd say, yeah, there was, uh, I think, he definitely quite, I think uh, he's using it better, yeah. Oh, it's you got yeah. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I think the way he's moving the ball is, is exceptional, especially on the weekend. His composure was first class. And there's instances in the third and fourth quarter where he was taking on the tackler and easily beating him, feeding out the handball or getting a kick down the line. And most of his kicks and possessions were hitting targets, so it was really good. Um, agree that his outside run is extremely important, and he's kind of playing that role that Hanover played 2011-2012 as that really you know decent speed outside runner who could get the ball inside but could really use it with a good efficiency so having him back to that level is really important and not only that when he starts tackling he's a he's a pretty good tackler he's a very good tackler speaking of Hanabry um what do you guys make of his recent transition he's getting a lot more of a contested ball than he has previously and he's playing if anything nearly is more of an inside midfielder around the clearances as well as outside now um there's a Really good post on the board um, by, I believe it was Bedford, I think it was. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, comparing him to um, Paul Kelly in some ways. And in all honesty, I'm actually seeing it. Um, Bedford really opened my eyes on it, and I have to agree. Yeah, well, he did say there's only one Paul Kelly, but I think, I think it's... Um... I think in, in in a roundabout, in an indirect kind of a way, I think it's more feeling because if we look at if we look at when when we won when we made when we made the grand final a few years ago, we had we had guys like Jude Bolton, Ryan O'Keefe in the middle, and we didn't really replace, and they were the guys we didn't have in there in fourteen when we lost to uh, that uh, uh, that uh, Hawthorne guys. But anyway, you're not allowed to mention that really, game on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. But Honors, uh, but Hannes has really stepped up stepped up in that area absolutely yeah he's um 
this season he's been exceptional. I mean, there's a couple of games in the middle section of the season when um, I don't know, looked like he might have been physically hampered. He was still racking up a lot of contested balls, still getting it, but he was butchering it by foot um, and just constantly turning it over. Um, that Carlton game, for example, especially in the last quarter, he um, couldn't hit a target by foot to save himself. Um, this game, excellent. Couldn't really fold him on anything. And he kind of reminds me of what um, Kieran Jack was giving us back in 2012. The um, That sort of outside sort of pace and ability to use a ball, that blend of being able to go inside and get it. It's a little bit harder when you don't have a player like Adam Goods or Ryan O'Keefe or Jude Bolton, um, that really sort of hard type inside players who can tackle and get the ball, but doing pretty well, I'd say. Yeah. I almost say the point about his kicking is probably a bit overdone because... Um, uh, really, because I think the point I think the point of what, of what Hannes has been doing is actually he's actually getting he's actually getting some more contests. So actually, so even though yeah, his, his disposal maybe lets him down a little bit, but the fact that he's actually getting in, he's actually getting there, and we're winning. He's he's winning balls for us that we wouldn't otherwise win. So even even if even if the disposal he might not he might uh, he might not have the disposal efficiency that some other guys do. It's still like it's it's still more than makes up for it. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. That, that's kind of what the point. That's kind of what I was trying to say in the thread, but sometimes it's a bit hard to. It's a bit hard to. Uh, uh, hard to, oh, to put into words. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think yeah. he's giving us that unique balance of inside outside. Like you look at his mm. pace; he's not the fastest, but he's not the slowest either. Yeah, yeah. And his hands are clean most of the time. I mm. can't really think of too many other players in the league that have that unique blend of really good inside play and really clean, fast outside play as well. Hannibury's biggest strength isn't his pace, it's his endurance. Mm. Oh, absolutely. The fact that he can run all day. He's probably the hardest player in our side to tag at the moment, except for potentially Luke Parker, because he's got the contested marking side of his game. But because he can outrun most taggers and basically burn them off their feet. Yeah, and not only that, if they're tagging him, he'll just go inside where you can't really you can't really tag inside. All you can do is block it contest that's really it now speaking of parker um here's the other real highlight for me over the last few weeks he started really getting back to that early season four he's taking contested marks again he's um fighting the ball almost at will hitting the scoreboard and right now i'd if i feel as if nearly our entire finals campaign may actually hinge on parker's form when he had that downturn in the middle of the year where he was struggling for form, that's when we started losing some games. Well, he had a leg injury, though, didn't he? He had a knock, I believe, but and that may have affected his form and he may be just getting over it now. It's probably not a coincidence. So it really just highlights how important he is to our side right now. Oh, I agree. agree on 100%. And, and having him back in form is, you know, the icing on the cake, it's... It's excellent, really. And you're right, the contested markability, especially going forward, um, and that was early in his career, that was the one thing that really set him apart was, yeah, he could go inside and get the ball, but he could also go forward and take really good marks, and he could play really tall as well, and just that ability to kick goals, kind of like what we had with Josh Kennedy, like 2011 or 2013. Uh, It's been really good, and having him back in form is extremely important, especially last year when we lost him right before the finals and the midfield struggle, especially moving the ball forward. We just didn't have any other targets. Franklin was out. We lost Reid. We lost Parker. um, We lost Kieran Jack, so we lost a bit of that outside ball movement. Um, McVeigh was out of form. So having these players in form is 
you can see what happens, mm-hmm. you know. But we're not second for by accident or anything like that. Yeah. One slight negative though is probably still the uh, the forward the scoring efficiency, especially going inside fifties. We still had like we had a lot of inside fifties. I think it was like sixty, nearly seventy for the for the game, and I think that's we had sixty nine. Yeah, sixty nine. Yeah. Vaughn's <laughs> so favorite just, number. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I think that's. I think just you can't. I mean. I mean, I guess they're winning the ball, which is one thing, but I think it's just, it's always been, I think it's just been the, the criticism on the board probably for a while. That's probably, that's the one area that... Uh, we tried to make up for our contests, uh, for our disposal and efficiency going inside forward 50 by playing a heavily contested game. Yeah, yeah. If we can, yeah. um, it's actually the reason why, and especially compared to previous seasons, um... I actually feel more comfortable with us playing in the wet than in the dry, which is really quite scary. That's actually, yeah. But in a way, yeah. that's a good sign because you know, I think in finals, it's the contested it's the contested side of the game that really comes to the fore. So maybe it'll prepare. Maybe there'll be good preparation. Who knows? And, and um, by, by that time, by the, I think you have to get used to I think in a tight, like in a tight final, it, it gets really tight and close anyway. So having had that, having had that experience during the year, maybe it'll maybe it'll uh, be a positive. Well, the good thing is we've got three reasonably difficult games coming up. Um, mm. like, two of the teams are outside of the eight and one struggling, but two of them are away. And St Kilda is definitely trying to get in the final, so that's going to be a tough game. And they play quite quick on the outside when they got the ball, but they play really tough inside. They tackle really good, and their forwards are quite agile and mobile. So that really sort of tough contested game it's going to be really tested over the next three weeks and if it stands up there's no reason why it can't stand up in the finals I think the one thing that would really sort of put the forward line back together again is having Tippett back and if we can keep um, Naismith in the side and have Tippett back in the side just imagine what would happen you've got Parker who rotate forward you've got Mitchell who could rotate forward as well I mean he's a bit goal hungry and puts his blinders on but you know then um, Papley as well would Papley actually concerns me. You I, his form or his disposal efficiency. Mm, yeah, but he puts pressure on. Um, he, put, he puts pressure on. That that's definitely a given. But his disposal efficiency, he has. His disposal is shot. He's making nearly as many clangers as Shaw made later in his career. Just luckily, they don't stand out as much as he's going forward, not playing in defence. Mm. I suppose it's either him or McGlynn. Yeah. Which well, which has the more upside? Which can produce more? Which kicks more goals? Personally, I'd rather have a fully fit and informed McGlynn coming mean, into um, finals, but that would be a bit of a luxury this year as McGlynn struggled for both form and fitness. Uh, when he's been in the side, he's been pretty poor too. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, four man fitness. Looking at, yeah, I was looking at Grim, Grimlock's reserve report on the weekend. He said McGlynn's execution probably wasn't that great. So, yeah. I don't know. Although, the, the, on the other side, I think bringing an experienced guy in, maybe they, I think he would lift. I think he'd probably lift for the finals and just having that, have, I think, uh, given, given his. Uh, yeah, so who knows? Yeah, so it would be a tough, be interesting one. The um, last player I do want to mention and just give a bit of a shout-out for his performance this year and the player who I actually personally believe will be leading our best and fairest right now, Dane Rampey. Oh, unquestionable. Oh, yeah, no question. He has been superb. Like, he was a great player for us last year. But 
he has taken his game to a whole new level this year, especially with, I think, Alir Alir coming into the side and Grundy taking yet another step up just to really shove it in SM's face. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah standing um, between the three of them, I think between the back line in general this year, they've just, um, they're just they just gelling so much better. What is allowing him moment. to do, though, is it's allowing Randy to take the third forward now, mm-hmm. which not yeah. only is ideal for his height and not many third yeah. forwards are going to be able to beat him in a one-on-one contest. Because it is just allowing him to branch off and cut across the lines of both Alir and Grundy and allowing him to be a bit more freed up for more rebound. But remember, against Adelaide, he took um, he took Walker. He did, and it was fantastic. But that was yeah, earlier in the year before we had Alir Alir in the side. Yeah, it's it's amazing the fact that Alir Alir has come in and he kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Leo Barry, just that confidence and that composure, except without the amazing amount of clangers. Yeah, well, um, Halil's performance on the weekend, 18 disposals, 100% disposal efficiency. Yeah, for a key back, that was pretty impressive. Even when he gets tackled, his arms are never pinned. It's pretty amazing watching him play, really. He's a fantastic athlete, and he can actually read the game. Like, a lot of people assume he's new to the game, which is really unfair and unjust because he's played the game most of his life. And it actually shows he's got a very good football knowledge, so... No, I'm really looking forward to seeing how much more he can develop. It's a shame he's too old for a Rising Star nomination. <laughs> well, he, the other player he kind of reminds me of is uh, Pendlebury. You know, he always looks like he has time, no matter how much traffic there is. Just sort of doesn't really look like he's moving that fast, but he's moving fast. He always has that time. I never would have thought I'd hear a Lear compared to Pendlebury, but <laughs> <laughs> that's very esteemed company right there. <laughs> Um, we'll go on to the We'll go on to a preview of um, this weekend's game. Um, I was touching on it a little bit earlier. We are coming against an informed St Kilda side who are very dangerous and very strong, especially at Etihad Stadium, where they've won seven of their last eight matches and thirty-two of their last thirty-seven matches at Etihad, which is a really strong home record. Not to mention, they've got a mobile forward line and a very strong midfield that could give us a lot of trouble. I mean, you tell any team in the league that they've got a man up from Bruce, Membry, and Rewalt, you're in a fair bit of trouble. Mm, last team to beat us, Eddie had two. Oh, how far back was that? What, you uh, mean 2012? Yeah, 2012, yeah. We have beaten them every year yeah. since... We have, we have, yeah, but it's uh, uh, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I, mean, I think uh, we've been, I mean, we've been 2011, really not 12. I'm pretty confident. 2000, 2011 was when we beat them, but they beat us. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I think it was fighting after double check. Yeah. No, no, no. I remember because I was at the game and I put a post in the forum about it. How was it the game with my trollop of an ex? I remember it very well that game. Yes, I'm reading that right now. <laughs> the bitch. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, moving on. I mean, I think um, it'll be a tough one because um, the thing about the thing about the, the, the latter the way it is, if we drop if we drop one of our three on the run home, Giants, Geelong, Crows, they could all win all their they could all win their 
last three games and knock us out of the top four. <laughs> so that's, that just shows you how tight it is. So but on the other on the other hand, we can have Hawthorne potentially drop one of their last three matches, and if they drop any of them, yeah. we're back into top space. True, true. Then they're out yeah. of the top four as well, potentially. Even um even the percentage in the top four is crazy. Us Adelaide and yeah. GWS are all within a few kicks of each other. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's just yeah. It's a very close year, and it's going to be really interesting come finals time. So, that being said, think one week at a time, and St Kilda are definitely yeah. strong you can't competition. Look past, you can't look past this week at all, because I think if uh, the way they're playing, I think it could quite easily be a win to them. <laughs> and I think Dem- Dempster's still Dempster's still going around, uh, uh, looking at their side. I, don't know, I actually don't know either. No, Dempster's been very good for him this year. Yeah, he is um, a player that just keeps kicking on and on. Yeah, I don't know. I have to admit, I don't know a lot about their side. Um, uh, but uh, I think, uh, I think uh, some, some like, but someone like Jack Stephen, he's going to be a handful to, a handful to, to well, shut Well, Stephen was actually quelled yeah. really well on the weekend. Yeah. Um, Carlton decided to try and limit his space by... Um, putting players around him, not directly on him, mm. and um, trying to take it on. But because they almost zone defended him, it allowed a lot mm. of space around the um, stoppage for other players to really get on top of the play. So it allowed um, Montagna to have an absolute blinder of a match, and he's nearly single-handedly decimated um, Carlton. Noon started moving a lot. In, he started rebounding and coming up the ground into the stoppage and running by. Mm. So we can't actually put too much emphasis into Steven, mm. which is a bit of trouble. Luckily mm. for us, um, and this is really bad because the kid's been amazing for St. Kilda for the last few weeks, um, Dunstan's gone down yeah. injured and he yeah. has been a fantastic... Since he's um, really taken that step up, he's given St. Kilda another option in their midfield. Mm. So that should hopefully help us a little bit. It will be a good midfield battle, I like to see us try and go head-to-head with Steven. Mm. We're, we don't have... I guess the closest player we'd actually have to him would be um, Hannabury. They're pretty mm. similar. Steven's a bit more explosive, but Hannabury can gut run a little bit more. So Maybe they'll put Mitchell against him, like um, like Mitchell's done a few times against other players of that sort of kind. I'd be worried with Steven's ability to burst away from stoppage against Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'd be very worried about it. He's um, one of the quickest midfielders in the league, and a lot of people really tend to underestimate it. Head-to-head, pretty much. Yeah, I think head-to-head, and if we can hurt him in the other direction and get Hannah to maybe free off a tag, that's a win-win in our books. I'd still expect us to uh, to but, win convincingly inside, just with the, with the bodies we have and experience we have in the middle. Um, it's a, it's a premiership winning midfield, and St. Kilda's midfield's pretty young, and they're good, but they're young. So I'd expect yeah. us to win. If we can shut down Montagna, that'll go a long mm. way on the weekend. I'd expect if we're going to have Mitchell playing as a tag on anyone, it'll be Montagna, not Steven. Pace for pace. I wouldn't call Montagna pure pace. Um, oh, I mean, he's not, he's not fast. <laughs> he's not fast. Um... He's just got class on the outside, and he's a very smart player. So I think he's the type of player that Mitchell could potentially um, actually track down and stop. He almost plays a little bit of a similar role to what Sam Mitchell does at Hawthorne sometimes, Montagna. So I'd be happy to back our Mitchell in on that one. What I'm very worried about is, and I'm actually very curious to see how they go, is how we 
stack up against St. Kilda's forward line on the weekend. I think we're pretty evenly matched. You'd, you'd uh, expect Aaliyah to go to Reebok. Um Bruce will get Grundy, mm, yeah. and Membray will most likely get Rampy. Yeah. You've also got uh, Nick Smith. Um, you've got Cunningham, who's kind of starting to form himself as a back, back pocket or back flanker. Um, yeah, there's a number of players who could rotate through there. And they're all mid-sized forwards. They're not big forwards either. Mm, good Rewalt point, yeah. I, I do worry a little bit about Rewalt and Aaliyah. I'll be honest. I think Rewalt might use some of the experience to really um, lose Aaliyah in traffic. We'll see how that mm. goes. And as Grimlock has pointed out on the board a few times, whilst Aaliyah is great at spoiling someone on the lead, um, he can be a bit prone to a one-on-one contest. Oh, it's experience, though. That's what he needs. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be a good learning experience for him on the weekend. Um I do like Grundy on Bruce. I think he'll do quite well there. Mm. Membre on Rampy is an interesting one. If they're one-on-one, I like Rampy's chances. But you can't give Membre too much space because, as we know from seeing him in our reserves for all those years, he's got one of the best kicks that's ever come into the AFL. You give him half a dozen chances, he's going to hit you for half a dozen goals. Mm. So I'm very scared about Rampy trying to rebound off Membre and leaving him open. So I'm really hoping that some of our players can cut across and try and fill that gap at times on the weekend. Well, he's not the tallest player. He is reasonably quick, but he's not the tallest. No, um, Membre is an interesting one. He isn't that overly quick, actually. He almost plays as a key forward for someone who's about 186 centimetres. Is anything I'd liken him similar to maybe Darling a little bit, but a bit smaller and a far better kick? Mm. It's a bit of a shame we had to get rid of him, but yeah, um, he would have yeah. never gotten the um, chances he needed that he's gotten at St. Kilda that he did at the Swans. So well, we, get, we did him a favour and good on him for taking it with both hands. Yeah. Mm. You can always look at maybe Mills. Mills could potentially take him. Mills yeah. will get destroyed in a one-on-one. By <laughs> oh, I know. That, that, <laughs> that is nightmare-inducing. I think maybe it's almost a type of game that it'd be really nice to have Layla slopping back, slopping, yeah, uh, slotting back maybe. into the team. But whether he's over his injuries and if he needs to play another week or two in the reserves. Mm. If if Layla did come in, who would you who would you who would come out? Towers. Towers, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I can so hope. I can you, hope. You'd but lose a, you'd, you'd lose a forward for a defender. Would you send someone else forward? No. In all uh, honesty, I think our defense is probably pretty set at the moment, so they won't make too many changes. I think mm. if you had to take someone out of the team, it will be one mm. of those um mid-sized players down forward. So yeah. Well, you could also the ones that really, in my mind, would either be Xavier Richards, and I'd like to mm. keep him there as that extra tall option. Yeah. Um, then you've got maybe Papley, as I mentioned, his disposal has been pretty shocking recently, but he does add pressure. Mm. Um, I don't think they're going to be dropping Hewitt anytime soon. Um, he looks like he may be in need of a bit of a rest, but he was pretty good on the weekend yeah. again. So that leaves, and fingers crossed, mm. Towers. Hopefully I don't have to see him again. I know people say he's been good in that, but I've got a short memory, and when the pressure's on, I don't trust him. Reese Shaw 2.0. Hey, at, least <laughs> hey, at least he's one of the few people <laughs> that game on whenever he can. Yeah. 
That's true. Yeah, the forward line's an interesting one because I think we've, we've kind of had to re- we've kind of been forced to rely on guys like Xavier Richards and Dean Towers. I mean, they've done like they played their role. I mean, I mean they played their role with yeah finals with come finals coming up. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Mm. So I don't actually think we'll be dropping um Dean Towers. I'll say it with a grain of salt. He did very well on the weekend, but. I don't, I'm still wary about him come finals time, but I think they'll keep him in the team. Longmire seems to like him a bit. Mm. Um, I do think if we are going to drop someone for another defender, it'll probably be between Xavier Richards, Papley, maybe George Hewitt. I, I really like what Xavier Richards is bringing into the team, though. Mm. He's giving us another option. He's taking another key defender away. Well, and he's got... When Tippett comes back, yeah, I can see... He comes back, right? He's going to come in. At, like, you'd expect him to come in for Nankivis. Definitely. Just, Reed's not going to come back. And if he does come back, he's not going to be match fit. So he'd be there. You know, he's fighting for Xavier Richards. And, you know, for people with short memories, Xavier Richards couldn't get in, couldn't really get a game as a defender because he just wasn't big enough. And he's only been playing as a forward, an actual forward for half the season. So what he's doing is really quite amazing. No, Xavier Richards, um, I've been really impressed with him. I personally want to keep him in the team as long as possible. I think he's been a great pickup for us this year. Anyways, yeah. we'll go on to our, we'll start wrapping it up and give our final predictions for this weekend. So, see you. Uh, no, yeah, um, yeah, I was going to say predictions. I was gonna, uh, been, uh, I'm going to say Sydney by 12. And best on ground? Parker. And sure thing? Mm, sure thing. Uh, the board will melt down when memory kicks a goal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chunky? Um, I reckon, uh, well, I don't mean to be too arrogant, but I reckon Swans in a canter by at least six or seven goals. Okay, so the Swans by six, seven goals, Canterbury, best on ground, and my short thing would be uh, Franklin, five, five plus goals. Okay, um, my final prediction for the weekend, um, Swans by 17 points. Best on ground, I'm going to give to Parker. And sure thing, member to go goalless. <laughs> and prevent the board meltdown. <laughs> Thank you for listening and have a great night.